You're listening to the Lifting Her Voice podcast, episode number 228. Today we'll read 2 Peter chapter 1 together. Peter tells us what is required to grow in faith and recounts the trustworthiness of God's prophetic word. Welcome to the Lifting Her Voice podcast. I'm your host, Joy Miller, and I invite you to grab your Bible and join me as we simply read God's Word together. Some things require discipline, and sometimes that's just not easy to muster by yourself, no matter how badly you want to do it or how much you know you should. It's just easier to do it with a friend. So refill your coffee or tea, get comfortable in your favorite chair, and follow along as I read aloud. I'm so glad you're here. Here we are the second letter from Peter. And for three little chapters, it's a dynamo. In this letter, Peter not only goes after false teachers, but empowers and encourages us as he goes. I always come away from reading this first chapter with a sense of awe. Peter and the other apostles were actual eyewitnesses to Christ's miracles and teachings. I know we read about them in the gospel accounts, but we can be lulled into keeping our aesthetic distance as if we're reading a story or watching a play. But Peter's passion jumps off the page, and all the experiences we read about in the gospels take on a new dimension of power and truth. According to chapter 1, verse 14, Peter was about to be martyred or, in his words, about to lay aside his bodily tent. He didn't seem too stressed about that, but there is an urgency in his teachings, as if he had so much to pass on while being painfully aware that time to do that was running short. Tradition tells us that Peter was crucified, but refused to assume the upright position of his Savior. His wish was granted, by being crucified upside down. In preparing this intro, I found an interesting point made by John MacArthur. He said that Peter never really identifies any particular false teachers, but offers more of a characterization of their destructive heresies. They deny Christ, they twist Scripture, bring truth into question, and mock Christ's coming again. Peter also spends some time in this letter teaching believers how to stand strong and defend their faith. Interestingly, the word knowledge, or some form of it, appears 16 times in these three short chapters. This leads us to believe that knowledge of the Scriptures is our primary offense against false teachers. 
At the end of the first chapter, he states clearly that no prophecy ever had its origin in man. Let me know if you too are struck by Peter's firm resolve when he insists they were eyewitnesses to his majesty. Tell me about it at LiftingHerVoice.com, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. 2 Peter chapter 1 Simeon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith equal to ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. By these, He has given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you know them and are established in the truth you now have. I think it is right, as long as I am in this bodily tent, to wake you up with a reminder, since I know that I will soon lay aside my tent, as our Lord Jesus Christ has indeed made clear to me. And I will also make every effort so that you are able to recall these things at any time after my departure. For we did not follow cleverly contrived myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice when it came from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. We also have the prophetic word strongly confirmed, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you know this. No prophecy of Scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation, because no prophecy 
ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Okay, I know I've quoted 2 Peter 1.3 innumerable times to you in the last several months, but this verse just moves me. How is it that I never saw it before? And then, two years ago, it was the theme verse for Vacation Bible School. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. We did nothing. Everything He requires of us is provided by His divine power. We don't pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We don't white-knuckle being good, which we can never pull off anyway. And if that weren't the best news ever, we didn't even initiate the relationship. He called us. He called us through His glory, through His goodness. All we need to do is open the scriptures and learn who He is. The verse literally leaves me breathless. And not just me. The kids got it. They saw it too. Embracing this verse leads immediately to surrender. He goes on to say that possessing the qualities he lists in increasing measure keeps us from being useless. I hear God's words echoing in my head. What did you do with what I gave you? Our time here on earth is fleeting when compared to eternity. Our 80 or so years is not meant to be a vacay in the Bahamas, although in his generosity he makes such provisions. We are meant to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. Praise God that his divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. Let's pray. Thank you, Father God, that you have given us everything we need to know you and serve you. Thank you for these eyewitnesses like Peter, and thank you for your inspired word that we might know truth, your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me here today. I pray God will grow in you what has been planted and watered here. In this time of unprecedented struggle worldwide, we can look to God for guidance and comfort. Be sensitive to those in your circle of influence who need a word of encouragement and invite them to join us. If you like the show, it would be great if you'd give it a five-star review. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. See you right here tomorrow. Be well.